You're listening to the Product Podcast from Product School, featuring the best product leaders from Silicon Valley and beyond. If you're an aspiring product manager looking for your first PM role, or an experienced PM looking to level up your skills and advance your career, visit productschool.com to learn about our certifications and how we'll get you there. Aligning your teams to make the products your customers need is easier than ever with Product Board. Learn more about product management software at productboard.com. In this episode, we explore the future of product management with Carlos Gonzalez de Villambrosia, founder and CEO of Product School. Discover the rise of the chief product officer, CPO, the importance of upskilling for product teams, and the game-changing potential of product-led growth for companies to attract and retain customers. Get ready to navigate the evolving landscape of product and unlock your competitive edge. Good to be back. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the future of product. If you work in product, you are definitely at the right place at the right time. This is the best time in history to build digital products. And I'm not saying this just because we are in New York, surrounded by thousands of product leaders and joined by thousands more product leaders online. I'm saying this because this over 33% of the Fortune 100 companies that already have a chief product officer. I started product school around 10 years ago when not too many people knew what product was. Uh, thank you. And I've seen this evolve from like being almost non-existent into really being at the core of some of the most strategic decisions for companies. If we keep this trend, we will have over 50% of the Fortune 100 companies with a chief product officer next year. And these companies are not just high-tech. We're talking about oil and gas, financial services, healthcare. Product management is not just for high-tech. It's also not just for New York or Silicon Valley. It's really a global phenomenon that is only getting bigger. Long gone are the days where the highest-ranked product person in the organization would report to a chief marketing officer or a chief technology officer. Now we have our very own seat at the table in a chief product officer. In fact, can I get a, ra a hands raised for all the CPOs in the room? You go. You guys are leading the way. The other incredible phenomenon that we are seeing is that this role of the chief product officer is creating a domino effect that is trickling down the entire career ladder, all the way down to aspiring product managers. As an example, MBA students are choosing careers in product over consulting or finance, even in New York. That's absolutely incredible. Like, this didn't happen like a few years ago. But how did we get here? Well, if you were to use the word product in the year 2000, early 2000s, like, most people would probably associate that with something physical only. And it's at the beginning of the 2001 when the Agile Manifesto was released that introduced a new way of thinking about product. Product could be something digital, and the way of building something digital could be faster, could incorporate feedback from the user in a more iterative, iterative way. 2003, Google launched the very first product school. It was a private product school just for their employees because they realized that there was a huge supply problem. There weren't really 
places out there training PMs. So they decided to create a solution to their own problem and train some of their engineers into product managers. Today, there are many other companies that have their own associate product manager programs. And of course, we have a public product school as well. A few years later, we saw how the rise of the product CEO became a thing. Companies such as Microsoft or Google appointed their current CEOs, and surprise, surprise, those CEOs were product executives. So the rise of the CPO is not the end. Now we are seeing product CEOs. YouTube appointed current CEO, and that person was the former CPO. It's really a thing. A lot of startup founders are coming with a product background. That's really changing the culture for entire organizations. Another thing that is supporting this trend is that now there's a lot of technology built for us as product people. In fact, if you look behind you at the lobby, we have over 20 partners. These companies started in the early 2010, 2012, and today many of them are public companies or unicorns. They are creating technology, they are creating tools for product managers. Now we don't need to have a technical background in order to get data. We don't need to have a design background in order to create prototypes. We don't need a marketing background in order to create roadmaps. Now, we don't have to piggyback on tools created for other functions. We have our own technology, which is empowering a whole new generation of builders. Now, those builders, product people, are much more self-sufficient. 2009, might remember venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz released an article titled Software is Eating the World. This is when they started saying that internet was not just going to be a place for content consumption, but a place for transaction, where individuals and companies were be able to do business. And this year, McKinsey released another report saying that every company is a software company. So boy, they were right. Now it's not about what is your final product. It's not about what you are selling to your end user. It's really about the technology that is powering the entire internal collaboration and distribution of such final product. So yes, every company is a software company. A few years later, we also saw in 2016, the term product-led growth was coined by another venture capital firm called OpenView. Product growth is much more well-known today, but this was another way to validate that a set of tactics and strategies that a lot of product people had been working on for many years now had a name. They had a way to be productized. So now you can go to many, many websites, including B2B, and see how they're offering free trials, uh, self-service self options, and many of these things that were really a closed, a closed box. Long gone are the days where you can only purchase something if you schedule a demo and talk to a bunch of humans before you get to taste the product. And then, surprise, surprise, again, we got hit, in this case, by a pandemic. And the silver lining, one of the silver linings was that a lot of these breakthroughs that I described were really accelerated. Online became not only a channel, but the channel for companies to survive and thrive. Collaboration across teams, especially in a remote environment, became much more necessary than ever. So the role of the product manager really became mainstream. There are more companies than ever 
hiding product managers, and this trend is only getting bigger. But wait a second. Now we have an economic downturn, so I also want to address the elephant in the room and try to break down some of these scary headlines that I'm sure you're aware of. And by the way, that I say this with the utmost respect and empathy. I don't want to diminish everyone, anyone who was impacted by some of this、um, economic downturn, by any of the companies that had to make any hard decisions to, to adjust. The reality is, if you actually double-click on some of these headlines, you realize that the product team was the least affected team by those layoffs. In fact, companies such as Twitter or Amazon. Laid off around like three, four percent of their total、um, people affected were on the product team. Both engineers and product people are being the least affected roles by this because they are the builders. They are the ones who are creating value long term. So you don't want to cut your long term. That now, the other data point is that if you Google product management jobs on LinkedIn today, you'll find there is over twenty, over two hundred thousand opportunities. This is something that we should be highlighting more because, yes, even though there is a, a, a clear setback, the trends can only be going more up and to the right. So there are three trends that we identified that are now kind of impacting most of the companies that are going through transformation or trying to invest more in product as a long-term mode. Number one, in times of economic uncertainty, best products win. Having an excellent distribution is not enough. You know why? Because you cannot fake an excellent customer experience. This is the time where most of us are really digging deep to identify how we are spending our money. Like, where are we placing our bets? How is, go- how is it going with every single marketing channel? So. We're taking a harder look at how our teams are using certain products, and if your team is actually getting value from certain products, they're not going to cut that. In fact, they're going to retain that customer and potentially upsell that customer. The other huge benefit to investing in an excellent customer experience, even now, is that those existing customers are your most cost-efficient channel. To acquire net new customers, that's at the core of product-led growth. Product-led growth is about leveraging your product as an inbound channel to upsell existing customers, as well as bring net new customers. This is a report from OpenView where they surveyed a lot of B2B SaaS companies and realized that the companies that were implementing PLG were growing revenue 13% faster. Than companies that weren't implementing PLG.、Uh, today we're in a safe space. It's all product leaders, but I think it's important to remind ourselves that PLG sales team's best friend. This is not about an either-or decision. It's not about are we sales growth and pushing from the top, or are we PLG and are we pushing from the bottom. It's actually when you use both motions when you can get the best results. The second trend that we noticed. Is that product is getting a seat at the table, as I mentioned at the very beginning? But what's really the impact of this? Well, I'm sure you are familiar with this initial graph that shows how product sits at the intersection of engineering, design, and marketing. That's an old-school definition that doesn't fly anymore. Product is literally at the center of the entire organization. It's building bigger. 
and more relationships with many more functions, such as customer success, data, or sales, just to name a few. So if we believe in investing in our user experience and putting the product team in the middle, then we need to support that product team because this is not just about having a CPO and check a box. Like, this is really about identifying career growth for the different members of the product team. Now there's much more definition around what it would take to go from being an individual contributor all the way up to a CPO. We're also seeing career ladders for individual contributors, that they want to stay in touch directly with engineers, designers, and don't want to become people managers. So this is really the moment where our role is being defined and officialized. So when we go to a different company, they also can have a similar understanding of what product really, really means. It's also taking more of a T-shape, because in a product team, it's not just about having a lot of PMs with different levels of seniority. That's like the vertical part of it. But the, the horizontal part of the T is all these new functions, these new roles within the product team that are being created to support these new relationships that are being built with adjacent teams, such as product marketing, growth product, product operations, product analytics. For example, you Google number of open jobs, you put number of open jobs on LinkedIn for product marketing, you see there is over 65,000 openings right now. So this is really growing across different dimensions, both horizontally as well as vertically. Now, here's the catch. In order to really power, empower our product team, we need to take care of our own people. Retaining key product people is the name of the game in order to start thinking about retaining customers. And things are not looking great out there at the recruiting space because if you, if you look at the data in terms of how much money it would take to hire a product manager in New York, it's around $300,000 if you bake in recruiting fees and ramp up time. So even if you have very, very deep pockets, just going out there to hire net new talent is not a sustainable strategy. Because the counterpoint we noticed when we created our report on the future is that 60% of product managers today are considering to leave their companies within the next two years. Just think about it. You're throwing money at the problem, and still, that doesn't seem to be enough. It's literally another retention problem. So here's the silver lining. The same people that said that they're willing to live, are interested in leaving their companies, are willing to stay for at least one more year if they see investment in their own learning and development. 94% of the same people. So this is another report from LinkedIn that explained that even in 2023, when a lot of companies are definitely adjusting budgets, those same companies are increasing their budgets for learning and development. 41% of the companies in 2023 are increasing their budget in learning and development, and they're making those policies much more flexible. So sending employees to a long program in a university is not the only option for them to start acquiring skills and applying them right away. So I want to leave you with one more thought here. Because in terms of takeaways, if we structure this as a loop, we know 
that investing in an excellent customer experience is key to win long term. And that's why those companies are trying to protect their product and engineering teams as much as possible. Because those teams are the ones in charge of retaining customers and leveraging such customers to bring net new customers. But in order for this loop to work, we also need to empower the product team. Product team is not a shipping, it's a feature shipping factory anymore. It's really a strategic function that is partnering directly with so many other teams that weren't always in the picture, such as customer success or user research. Now, if we really want to do this, we need to retain our key talent. The budget that is being now allocated for training is not discretionary budget anymore. It's strategic talent budget for teams to grow and thrive. Because if you really want to take care of your customers, you need to take care of your people. If you want to take care of your customers, you need to take care of your people first. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Product Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Taking the time to write just a few sentences about what you love most about the show will help us improve it and reach even more product people around the world. And when you're done, why not reward yourself with some free product management content and resources over at productschool.com. Until next time, stay product-led.